Welcome to the Brooklyn Tabernacle's Daily Devotions. Now, here is the Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, Jim Simbola. Good morning. How are you today? It is Monday, the 23rd of October. We are actually finishing off this week, so let's get a little direction here. We're finishing this week, 1 Samuel. I know you don't believe that. It's like when we started it, we were all in junior high school, and now it's taken all these years to get through. Only exaggerating a little. When we're done this week, which will be 23, 24, 25, 26, 27th, we're done Friday the 27th. 28th and 29th on the weekend. And then on October the 30th, we start the book of Hebrews. We're going to learn a lot. Could you do me a favor? Do you know a new Christian, a discouraged Christian, a confused Christian, a backslidden Christian, a strong Christian, anybody or a non-Christian who needs eight minutes of a vitamin, spiritual vitamin every day? Would you represent me and just tell someone it's for free? If you tune in and like it, the daily devotions, we're starting on Hebrews. We're going to go, that's the most, a very interesting part. Who wrote it? And to whom? And then por qué? Why? Why was that letter written? And it has, oh, the ABCs of Christianity throughout it. Tell someone about it, would you, please? Because I do it, all of this, just to encourage people. By the way, I said good morning in English. I thought of you all because I got in my elevator in the apartment building I live in, the back elevator, late at night. The door opens, and usually I thought no one would be there, but a guy's walking out to walk his dog. Everyone in our building has like a dog. It's like a kennel. My building is a kennel. My wife and I are the only ones who don't have a dog, it seems. So the dog kind of jumps on me. It's a little dog this big, and he jumps on me on his my shoes and my ankles, and he's just nipping and, you know, playing around. And the guy doesn't like it. The owner doesn't like that he's doing it. He thinks I might be upset. I wasn't. So he yanks the dog back, and he talks to it to stop, but he speaks to it in Russian. I mean, I have never seen a dog call back in Russian in my life. So I'm saying to myself, what if it was a pit bull and it attacked one of us? But in every country, of course, in South America, they don't talk to the dog in English. They talk to the dog in Spanish, in Puerto Rico, and every country, in Poland, in China, whatever. What if a pit bull attacked you and it obeyed commands, but you didn't know what language it spoke? Would that be terrible? You lose your life because you didn't know the language of the dog. Dog would have obeyed. Stop. But you didn't know how to stay stop in Bangladesh. Listen to the reading of the rest of the chapter 31. Well, let's read the whole thing. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. This is the end now of Saul. Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and turn, run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows, the Philistines, will come and run me through and abuse me, make a mockery of his body. 
But his armor bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. How symbolic that is. He committed suicide. He was already wounded. But that's what he did morally. When you turn on God, you destroy yourself. You turn from God. When you turn away from obedience, when we stop trusting God, when we lean on our own devices, when we go contact the witch of Endor and we're talking to some witch to get direction, oh, and yet he started by being anointed by Samuel as the first king of Israel. It's a kind of moral suicide, isn't it? And that's symbolic that in the end, his servant wouldn't finish it. I'm, I'm not going to kill my, my lord, the king. So he fell on his own sword. There's a way that seems right to us, but the end is destruction. Do you know somebody today? They're going to destroy themselves because they're going to reap what they sow. They're sowing disobedience, turning away from God, and it seems right to them. Satan makes it seem right to us, but the end is a kind of moral suicide. Not God's fault. God's always offering mercy. You know, you get around people who extreme divine determinism. God has determined every atom that's floating around in the universe. So God determines uh, people before they're born, they're going to hell. They're going to hell. That's it. They have no choice. And yet God is a God of love. As Wesley said, love like that makes your blood run cold. No, in the mystery of our creation, we make the choice. And that's why Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Like he might be weeping over you or someone you know today. Why don't you weep with God over them? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus said. How many times I would have gathered you, but you wouldn't let me. You weren't willing. Now, if God, Christ, had already determined for them to reject him, that really makes Jesus a bad actor. That's very blasphemous to me. He's weeping over people that he caused to reject him in the first place. No, that's not true. Whosoever will may come. And the decisions we all make, let's make a decision today to follow Jesus. We can't do it yesterday. Tomorrow, we're not sure. Let's, let's decide that. But let's talk to someone today. God, lead us to someone today that we could put a word in for you and give them a warning in love. Don't go that way. Turn. There's abundant pardon and mercy with God to everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. Let's do it for ourselves today and let's share that message with others. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Thank you.